Tapas tapsters and gazpacho girlies. Give your salted cod a good whack. Dance with the passion of a thousand castanets. And one man's barnacle is another man's feast. Porque es hora de hablarme tal. Oh, no! Too sexy! Too sexy! Not too sexy! What a song. Fuego. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. I am Omen Thomas Said. And I am Nick McGill. Together we are Los Momes Fecleses. And this, my little jumping beans, is Talk Tall to Me. Those, those are Mexican, aren't they? <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> A flamenco party on the Camino de Prague Rock in which Navarra Nick and Ostia Omen will wear out our bean boots, traversing the terrain of every sun-soaked track that Romanesque rock band Jethro Tull has ever hewn from the ancient song stones. We will explore the night districts of Las Palmas with David El Gringone Peg. We will boggle at the bounties of Barcelona with Martin Borracho Bar. And we will cram Camarón between our chompers with Jerry Comida Conway. And if we can grasp a hold of Gaudi's musical spires and survive the Costa de la Muerta in our Mom motorboat, perhaps we can arrive at Prague Pamploma and gaze upon the musical matador, the flan-flavored flautist, the gallivanting garbanzo, Ian Santiago de Compostela Anderson. Woo! Ay! Olé! Spicy! Did you say bean boots? Are bean boots? Yeah, are bean Beam. boots. Like no, no, like no. the like a bean? Like a like a bean. Like a gar, like a garbanzo bean. What's a bean boot? I never stopped to consider that when I wrote it. <laughs> are you just using beans because they're used in Spanish food? Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. I thought this was something that you found in your research that like they're oh, used no. for stomping beans or they, <laughs> they're notoriously oh. worn by the conquistadors on the bean trail or something. They're, they're <laughs> the made freehole. They're they're uh they're worn for making bean wine, Nick, of course. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Stomping the bean wine. That's what yeah. I thought. Yeah. Okay. Great. Nick, we are deep in the exciting forested regions of the broadsword bonus tracks, are we not? That we are. We're just about halfway at this point. Armed with nothing but our Toledo steel mines. Is Toledo steel a thing? Our bean mines? <laughs> Toledo is a, is a town in Spain that's famous for making really good steel, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. that reference makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> just that one. That's all you get. So speaking of beans, Nick, what songs are we listening to and talking tall about this episode of Talk Tall to Me. We've got another instrumental pairing for you this week. This one is Calafel and its little brother, Return to Calafel. How delightful. It's tiny acoustic brother, yeah. Let's open up our orejas and have a listen to Calafel and Return to Calafel. Si, si. Escuchemos. <laughs> Did you have to whisper it? Escuchemos. Escuchemos. Ay, ay, ay. Nick Estos was turned to Calafel. <laughs> I mean, that, that was Calafel. 
It sure was, Omen. It was about three minutes, just just under three minutes of Califel. Of complete and utter chaos. That was an interesting track, and I want to talk about the title of it before we go any further. I think we've heard much more chaotic even recently. I don't think oh, yeah. that was nearly yeah, no, as chaotic. Was, okay. That was, was a small, it was a small joke. I dabbled, I indulged in humor. Hmm. Leave it to the professionals, Omen. Okay. Uh, Yeah, let's talk, what is Califel? Well, I think the way that it is spelled in the bonus tracks is Califel, C-A-L-A-F-E-L, with one L at the end, two L's total. (laughs) If you're keeping track, it was two L's total. But when that is searched, it doesn't really come up with much. What does come up is Califel... With a double L at the end. Or it autocorrects to falafel. Or it autocorrects. Return to falafel. Yep. That's what happens. Delicious. After you eat the kebab. Yep. But Califel with two L's is a beautiful town on the south coast of Spain. It is. And by all accounts of what I can tell, a... um, delightful spot to have a a vacation. It wouldn't surprise me if Ian had had a vacation there and was therefore then inspired to write a song about it, you know, or to, to at least start writing a song about it and like never really finish it, you know, but at least have that bug of inspiration. Closest larger town is Tarragona. Delicious. It is down the coast from Barcelona. So it is, it is in that area of things. Okay. It is the gateway to the Costa Daurada, and its economy depends heavily on tourism. It's the country of Spain, the community of Catalonia, the province of Tarragona, the comarca of B-A-I-X. Baix. Maybe I'm guessing. Pinedas. The mayor is Ramon Faresole. Total population of 25,444. Okay. It's got a castle. There you go. Yeah, it looks like a lovely place. So that's Califel, and I think that's that's my best guess as to what the song title is referencing. Yeah. I think that theory is supported by the slightly Spanish-y flair to the music. I was going to ask you, is there like a Spanishness? It's clearly a different sound than what we're accustomed to with Tull, but I don't really know enough about a Spanish sound to say... Oh, well, obviously this is Spanish, you know? Right. Frankly, neither do I. But what I, <laughs> what I, but that hasn't stopped me before. What I do know is that the music of Spain, like in a lot of other European countries, is extremely regional. So mm. in the south, in Andalusia, is where you have flamenco music. That's where the Romani communities uh, developed flamenco. And Okay. Up in the north, in Galicia, you have Gallego music, which is very, very Celtic-influenced. Oh, cool. Across the rest of Spain, there's all kinds of different music, and, and a lot of it is influenced melodically by its Moorish past. So the Moors from northern Africa had control of Spain for a long, long time, like 500 years. And that influenced a lot of the architecture I'm thinking of the Alhambras, which is a famous now church. I think it was built as a mosque. Mm. 
So there's lots of, you know, there's a big architectural influence and it also had an influence on the, the language itself. There's a lot of kind of Arabic sounds in Spanish. Oh, interesting. I do think that there is a Spanish, very broad strokes Spanish flair to this song, but okay. I don't think it's necessarily traceable to any particular region of Spain. I think it's more the sort of thing that a bunch of English guys visiting Spain would be like, oh, this tune is wicked Spanish, bro. <laughs> yes, I'm sure that's verbatim what they were, what they had said, yeah. Martin had a couple of cervezas on the beach. Yep, yep. And the guitar and the wind and the sand spoke to him. Yeah. He was one more beer away from being Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> he was in the sweet spot. <laughs> yes. Again, this song clearly has a unique sound from what we've heard before. Yeah. Or since. But it also has that definitive anthropologically sonic sound that is broadsword. Tell me more about that. It fits so well, just in terms of how they're, how Martin's using the guitar in mm. kind of those really sharp stabs. That ba 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 ba. It's there's not a, ho a whole lot of flow there. Our bass is really, really chunky, really, really meaty bass on this one. And David Pegg is actually following the melodic line sometimes on the bass. Mm -hmm. Sometimes he's backing off and going doom, 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 doom. But sometimes he's going doom, doom, doom. which is so cool. I love I love it when the bassists in Tall do that. Yeah, right. They know when to step forward and um when they do pick up more than just that kind of backing melody or backing harmony, melody, I guess it would be melody, right? Backing accompaniment. It's really solid. It's really really good. And Jerry Conway on drums, very splashy, got a lot of fun fun tinny cymbals in there, a lot of funk there. That's it, right? I mean, is Ian in there at all? I detected a distinct lack of Mr. Ian Anderson and a distinct lack of Peter John. PJV? Tess, yeah. And thereby a distinct lack of any sort of flutes, singings, Fairlight's CMI, or synthesizers. I tried really, really, really hard to listen for an acoustic in there, like in the hopes, like, is Ian in there? If it is, it's very buried. I think that there are a couple of instances of something that could be acoustic. There's really? at least one moment where there are a couple of harmonic notes. I think that might possibly be another electric playing kind of counter harmonics there, which could be Ian on the simpler side. Or it could be David Pegg on the mandolin. We just don't know. Yeah, it's very difficult. We're spoiled with rock flute with how balanced it was that you could be like, boom, Yes. Boom. That's that. That's that. We could pick it out. We could hear it. If we wanted to listen to a single song just for the drums, we could. This one is is pretty muddy. And I'm like, I mean, it's an old song and it's not even a, a final song. Just before we started recording, I was playing for you my cassette tape, which is 
not as old as the original recording of this song. Right. And the sound quality is not not so not so good. No es bueno. You need to hire Steve Wilson to come over to my house. Yep. And then just remaster that one tape. Give him my give him my mixtape. Give him in a German beer garden. <laughs> is that the name of the the tape that we listen to? No, it's the tape. It's, it's a different, a different one. one. Yeah. So I quail to think my imagination boggles. My taint shrinks to think about what the original track of this sounded like before mm. Steve Wilson got his hot little hands on it. Before he remastered and cleaned it up and did what he does best. Worked his magic. Yeah, it was probably just the sound of coffee percolating. <laughs> I imagine it wasn't so good. I mean, yeah. he, really, what he's able to achieve, achieve is incredible. It reminds me of the people who restore those Renaissance paintings, and mm. they're able to lift all the centuries of filth off of them and yeah. reveal the, the beauty underneath and, and right. re-vibrantize the paints. Yeah, same thing with like fossil hunters. Like they have to sit there with a toothbrush and like this teeny, teeny, tiny little metal pick and just scrape away at the stone and heaven forbid you touch the bone and, and wake, wear that away, you know? I've got an archaeologist who works on my face. He does great work. Yeah, yeah, yeah works, sits there with a toothbrush and a pick. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. nice, nice. There's, a, there's youth buried in here somewhere. <laughs> it's worth the money though. It's worth <laughs> it. You <laughs> oh, look yeah. fantastic. For a dinosaur. Everybody... <laughs> I could clearly tell that nobody at your your 20-year class reunion spent the money on an archaeologist on their face. Or has a skincare routine, apparently. Also that, yeah. It's called sunblock, everyone. Okay, so I do have the sensation that because we're in the broadsword era, and I completely agree with you, this song bears the hallmarks of all of the broadsword flavors. Mm-hmm. The way that the drums are really, you know, thick and driving, all of it. Mm-hmm. Martin's tweedly dees. We also know that PJV and Ian were working quite closely during Broadsword. Do we know that? My reading into the narrative here, and this is completely unsupported by any sort of fact other than my own fantasy, is that Ian and PJV were starting their working relationship together and really hitting it off. Mm-hmm. And I can easily imagine them going off into a separate room and, and working on tracks and Dave Pegg, Martin Barr, and Jerry Conway saying, you boys want to play a tune? <laughs> and, and sitting down and banging out this Spanish fantasy. Right. I also have a theory as to why this song hasn't seen the light of day until now. Okay. Interesting. What is it? Well, if you listen to the early part of the recording, it is rough. <laughs> As a sandpaper lover. Yes, I do love sandpaper. I, I know you do. That's why I put that in there. The tempo or the, the rhythm at the beginning isn't in time with itself entirely. Mm-hmm. As they go, it gets more, it starts firing more coordinatedly. More solidified. Yes. This is clearly like not the finished piece, you know? It's clearly like, yes. well, let's bang this out. Let's see how it sounds. Nah, we'll shelve it. It's clearly not going to go on the album. So there's no point in investing any more energy on it. I'm sure that's true. Yeah. On the other side of things, on the plus side of things, it's very proggy in terms of its time signatures. There's some funky stuff going on at the beginning. Mm-hmm. It then cuts over to 4-4, four, four, but in a rhythmically interesting way. So there's a lot to sink one's teeth into. 
we have kind of an establishing theme beginning and then a a playing with stuff in the middle where Martin Barr really goes to town. Without lyrics or anything, it's really difficult to be like, well, this is clearly intro. This is clearly something of a chorus or this is verse. This is a bridge. You know, it kind of, it's kind of all, it's just a jambalaya altogether and kind of fits as one piece. Yeah. 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 Oh, you know, okay. So the the bit that does make me think of, that has a Spanish flavor to it is the very beginning. That run and the intervals that they're using and the scale that that's in, mm-hmm. that reminds me of the really typical guitar piece that everybody's studying the guitar learns as the very first thing. Malaga. Mm. You've heard it a million times. I fall asleep to Malaga every night. I take 10 milligrams of Malaga before going to bed. Yeah, it's uh, less habit-forming than tryptophan. Oh, Malaguena. Mm. It's obviously a very guitar-y version of it. (laughs) Trying to get to the bit that I'm talking about. When the beat drops, it's going to be sick. I, I will either be very impressed or very disappointed, or both. Boy, he's hamming it, isn't he? Spanish guitar. Hamming Too sexy! Too sexy! Okay, well, we can stop it there. Or can we? Okay. (laughs) Anyway, that's the same sort of key that this song is played in, especially when it starts off. Yeah, okay. I get that. I get that. Yeah, those the sharpness of those notes from Martin does elicit that. Now that you play that, it it does make a little sense there. Yeah. And it's very I mean, it's he's they're not, I don't think they're taking it, like we said, I don't think they're taking a traditional Spanish tune. Right. Although Oh no, what is it? When we listen to the next track on our list, which is Return to Califel. <laughs> yes. We will hear a more quote unquote traditional acoustic take on it. Yes. There we will hear Ian come back. I'm assuming on the acoustic. Could still be Martin. Nick, do you have anything else to say about Califel? Well, Afel, I think. It's really fun musically. There's one part at 140 where it goes dun na dun dun na dun dun na dun 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 dun. That's a callback to a different song, right? Like we've definitely heard that before. Yes. 
yeah, I, I clocked that as well, and I, and I couldn't. Yes, I can, I can hear it building and building. What is that? Right? If I find it, I'll put it, I'll drop it in. All you need to do is listen to every single toll track between the beginning of time and this mm-hmm. track, and you should be able to find it. Unless it's one after, and it's actually a callback, or a call, a call forward. A call forward. <laughs> it's call forwarding, a yeah. preview. <laughs> it's call forward. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's all I, I wanted to know, that that seems that little theme, for lack of a better term, feels very familiar. Do you remember when answering machines actually had a cassette tape in them? Tiny little guy, yeah. And you'd record on the cassette tape through the phone? We did not have an answering machine at that point. Oh. it was We didn't have an answering machine until way later when it was like just digitally on the thing. Oh, okay. We were at the tail end of pretty much every technology you could think of. People used to leave messages for my family by writing them on papyrus, mm-hmm. putting them in a bottle, and mm-hmm. tossing them into the Mesopotamia River. Which would then get into the the lake, uh, La- Lake Ontario. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. Is that it? Is that No, what's the one that Mexico's on? Is it lake Ontario? Ontario, yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm really bad with lake names. I have, you found my Achilles heel. I have lake blindness. I just can't I remember lake, the name. I was born with lake blindness. <laughs> I never told anyone. Now you know. I never know if it's a Titicaca or if it's Michigan. Omen, here we are, halfway, in honor of moving into a teeny, teeny, tiny song after this. I have a teeny, teeny, tiny email for us Ooh. to discuss. It is from a new writer in her. That's exciting. Ooh, that is exciting. It is labeled lyrics and music. I like it already. It is from writer in her Mark. Mark says, I learn something new from you guys each week when you talk about the lyrics. Superbulous. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> That's wonderful. Mark, your email es pequeño. Muy pequeño. Pero es fuerte. Sí, sí. Muchas gracias por escribinu. Es- escribamos. Isn't that we write? Yeah, it is. <laughs> We're really pleased to hear from you. Uh, welcome to the writing inning part. And I'm so glad that you're learning something about the lyrics. We are too. And thank you for the new word that you have invented. Superbulous. I like that a lot. It's, it's very fun. It's really nice. Yeah. I love, everybody knows this by now, I love a good portmanteau. It's brimming with superbulosity. Oh, oh! now we're getting into derivations on it. Nice. Nick, shall we listen to the other track that we were talking to all about today? And that is Return to Carlafel. Carlafel. Yeah, let's listen to the <laughs> sequel. <laughs> Return just when you thought it was safe to go back into the Carlafel. Here comes Carlafel, and it's pissed. (laughs) 
was so freaking delightful. What a little 35 second treat that was. So that is a song formed of, obviously we have the same musical themes as we have in Calafell. If you listen to them back to back, yes. But their their presentation is so, so different, drastically different. If I weren't listening to them like this, I'd be like, well, this has the same name, but that's about it. <laughs> so this is, the biggest difference is this version is 100% acoustic. I believe that there are two? I believe there are two guitars. Okay. And I think that one of them is a, what they call a Spanish guitar or a classical guitar, mm. meaning it's got the wide neck and it's strung with nylon strings or nylon wrapped in silver for the bass strings. And the other one I think is a steel strung guitar. You can kind of hear the difference on some of the attacks. Hmm. When I detect it the most is when it's doing that hammer on technique. You know what I'm talking about? Or you play a note and then you depress the next. Um, here I can, I can show you. Yeah, please do. So here I have a little mandola. It's not very well in tune, but, but that's okay. Made by your dad. Ah, yes. The loop here. Okay, so if I play a note, that's one thing. If I push down one of the frets, uh, one of the strings against the fret up here and play it, another note. But now if I play it open and then press and release on that fret, it goes like this. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. And there's a lot of that in the Spanish guitar tradition. Cool. And they're, they're doing it with entire chords. Oh, that's so cool. Except they're doing it in a way that sounds nice. There's also um, <laughs> there's also some examples of, of, of going. Um, of taking a chord and moving it up by half steps. That mm. gives it that sense of it increases the Spanishosity of it. Yes, indeed. Is the mandola is just is it just the mandolin chords? It's the same. It's the same chords, but it's in a different key. Oh, okay. Like if you play a mandolin D chord on the mandolin, it'll be a different chord. Oh, wow. So you have to transpose? Yes, exactly. It's just like a violin and a viola. Hmm, okay. It sounds nice. It has a very pretty sound. It's, it's a nice instrument. I should play it more. So, so, in some of those techniques, you can tell that one of them is a classical guitar or a Spanish guitar, mm -hmm. and one of them is a steel guitar. So I kind of think that maybe this is Martin and Ian playing a duet. Yeah. It could otherwise be the same guitarist playing track on track. This also actually, now that I think about it, reminds me of another song, another acoustic. Oh, and I couldn't tell you what that one is either, but it's like doodly boom. It's got these little like like little like twiddles and then a and a, and a note. A twiddle and then a note. Ah, what is that from? I don't think it's, is it Passion Play? No, it's not Passion Play. Ah, God damn it! I'll have to find that one too. I love your way of describing music. Could we have a few more twiddles? I would appreciate it if there were a few odd notes. More twiddles, few odd notes. I am a lay person when it comes to music. And I'm proud of that. Which is funny because I got into music because I was hoping to become a laid person. How'd that work out for you? Did not work very well at all. You got a mixtape with Jethro Tull on it, and that's about it. And that was from you. 
<laughs> no, your first exposure to Tull was the was Oh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so yes, way more Spanishy. Two acoustics. It's got a bit of a dark, mysterious feel to it, I feel. But it also does end on a bright, like upward note. It's kind of hopeful. It's very sweet. And I think that that kind of mysteriousness is just that really that exotic feel, that exoticness of the Spanish sound. To our ears, yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. To my very untrained ears. If you played that song in Spain, they'd be like, this is the worst song we've ever heard. Yeah, why are you playing this British drivel? But it does have a romantic feel to it. Have you ever listened to the the band called the Gypsy Kings? Yeah. Yeah. There's a moment in this song where they go, and it kind of reminds me of, of some of that that romance that, that the the music lends itself to. Why do I get picked on for and then you just like full body went without even blinking. You get picked on because I'm not nice. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. Okay. That's what it comes down to. Uh, All right. Fair enough. I will say that I kinda fell in love with these tracks. Did you? Mm-hmm. You really like them? Well, with the second one, at least. I like the second one a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like the second one very much. Nick, what do we have the pleasure of escuchando next week? Next week, we are talking about the, I guess it's the the third of our episodes, but it's the fifth of the bonus tracks. We're going to talk Inverness Sleeper. Trains. Trains! Trains. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited about that. It's been a while. It's been a little while since we've had a train song. Mm-hmm. Until next week, you can partake in my paella. I am Nick McGill. <laughs> Slice my chorizo thinly, I'm Omen Thomas Said. <laughs> we are two huevos rancheros, the feckless moms. <laughs> and boiled Definitely Mexican. <laughs> and boil this puelpo until it is tender. Talk tell to me. Oh, mi corazón. It is the perfect season for love. We shall return to Calafell, walk upon its sandy beaches, get sand in places that we know will never get it out, but it will be worth it to share our love, mi amor. We shall look upon the vast ocean, and it will pale in comparison to the broadness and depthlessness of our love. And I will look into your eyes as the sea wind blows through your hair. And I will whisper into your ears. Doc Toltemy is a proud member of the Feckless Moms Audio Network.
too sexy, too sexy.